0: I was thinking, (laughs) it's dangerous. It is dangerous. Have I? Do I fall into the category now of history nerd? (laughs) I don't know because I know more about history than at least all the topics that we've covered than your average person.
1: History nerd husband.
0: History nerd like adjacent. (laughs) So would I be like history? History nerd friendly? <laughs> like what? What? what like what, what category do I fall into? Well, it's not like it's not it, like it a moniker like you're, I'm trying to claim. Married into it? You married into? I it. I married into. So his, what's that History called? nerddom? I don't know. I was I was wondering that because I mean that's what we're doing. That's second career yeah. for me, for you. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. It's going to be history stuff.
1: History nerd in law. <laughs>
0: history nerd and law. I don't know. For those listening, I don't know. If you guys have a, have a good thought, reach out to me. Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers and the history lovers out there. Before we jump into the episode, I do want to ask for reviews because that's the best way. It's one of the best ways really for us to grow. And it's kind of social proof for the podcast as people stumble across. If you're listening on Apple podcasts and most people do, those reviews really do help. Even if you just go in real quick, drop us five stars and say, Hey, Love history, love the show, or love this episode, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It really is kind of social proof as people stumble across the podcast and they go in there and search for it. And I don't think the History Channel does a lot of John Wayne topics.
1: No, I don't think or they
0: do. history period. History period. So we're coming for you, History Channel. I haven't said that in a while, but history channel, you better watch out because Jen's writing a book and we're doing I know. all this stuff. Someday, right? We already some, said someday. The
1: chip and Joanna Gaines of history. Yeah.
0: Today we are embarking on a journey to explore the life and legacy of one of America's most iconic figures, the legendary John Wayne. We're taking you on an adventure to Winterset, Iowa, where we visited the very house where Marion Morrison, the man who would later become John Wayne, entered this world. It's more than just a house, it's a window into the early years of a Hollywood giant. We're going to unravel the story of John Wayne's life from his humble beginnings in Winterset to his transformation into the Duke and the enduring legacy he left on the silver screen. We'll delve deep into the roots of this cinematic legend and explore his later family life and how his own kids ventured into the film industry. So whether you're a fan of westerns, a history buff, or just someone curious about the life of a true American icon, This episode promises to be a journey through time and cinema you won't want to miss. Without further ado, let's step back in time and experience the life and times of John Wayne as we visit his birthplace home in Winterset, Iowa. So Jen, this was again at the tail end of our Western road trip Mm -hmm. and this was a a huge kind of thing for you to do. This was this is the one thing we did in Iowa as we were driving. So let's talk a little bit about Winterset and then the birthplace of this cinematic legend that's John Wayne.
1: Yeah, so you know, pretty much the start of Walk With History, I did a lot of John Wayne research and this was always a bucket list place for me to go because I grew up on John Wayne movies. So I always wanted to see the John Wayne Museum and the John Wayne House.
0: Well, and one of the things that you mentioned in the episode, and I don't think you had ever told me this, and I didn't realize it until I was watching the footage back, but you said when you started Walk With History, you were looking up mm-hmm. John Wayne Americana mm-hmm. and, and History Americana, and that was literally one of the things that inspired you to 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 start the channel.
1: Yes, because people were showing some things on YouTube, but they weren't really connecting it. Like, why does this matter, or why... How does this impact us today? How does John Wayne impact us today? What has he left? What is his legacy? What is his Americana legacy? What do we, you know, we think a lot about the West because of John Wayne. He is the, the Western actor of the time. Like I said, highest grossing film actor for three decades. He presents us with the window into a lot of these different stories and brings them to life for us and you just think of John Wayne he is a movie star and you think of him with the swagger with the star with the gun you know in in a shootout like this is you picture John Wayne as this man who is part of building America now he didn't build it per se as the Westerners really did, but he's going to personify it and show it on the silver screen.
0: Yeah. I just thought that was so neat that you, you called that out that we were standing in the birthplace of the person who kind of inspired us to, to be there Mm -hmm. and to be filming to begin with. So I I just thought that was really neat. And we talked briefly about, last week's episode, which was more about his movie career, Mm -hmm. we're going to focus more on family life today, Mm -hmm. about kind of Winterset being off, kind of in the middle of Iowa, (laughs) off the beaten path a little bit, easy to find. Easy to find. The movie museum is great. And if you guys are curious about that, I would encourage you to listen to the episode just before this. We talk about kind of more his movie career and the museum itself, but we're going to focus more on his personal life.
1: Sure. So the house is kind of connected with the museum. If you want to visit the museum and then go to the house, it's right next door. And his house is at 220 South 2nd Street in Winterset, Iowa. And he was born there May 26th, 1907. And it really hasn't changed a lot since then. It's a four bedroom house or four bedroom, four room house, one bedroom, one bedroom, one kitchen, one dining room, one living room. That's it. And so when the local newspaper reported four days after his birth, that he weighed 13 pounds at birth. And so when we're in that house and I show you the room where he was born, I just comment on a 13 pound baby. I just can't even imagine the amount of uh, emotions that might've been coming out of that room your, at the time. Your words were,
0: <laughs> There's a lot of screaming going on in this room. <laughs> and it's cool because they actually had the newspaper from 1907 mm-hmm you know, that it, one of the things that I noticed in the announcement of the birth of Marian Morrison was just below that was an article about how popular Tom's, Uncle Tom's Cabin, the mm-hmm. book was at the time for, for, whatever, for whatever reason. It's
1: 1907. It's probably getting a resurgence. Yeah, it
0: was it was probably coming back around, mm-hmm. but it was just neat to see some of the other things sure. in the newspaper right there. So again, the, the video that we're that we made already that's been released will be linked in the, in the show notes. So if you guys want to watch that, you can, but it was kind of neat to see what else was going on. It's 1907, 1907.
1: So Marion, it's so funny. His name is, is feminine when you really think about it, Marion, Robert Morrison, and he, his middle name will be changed to Michael because they have a second boy in 1911 and they name him Michael. So, uh, they, I mean, they name him Robert. So they change his middle name to Michael. Now, there's no ev- legal papers ever found to show that they did this. I think they just kind of like, as a family, did it. Oh, interesting. It was like they had a second boy and they really liked the name Robert, but they had given it to him. So they're like, well, we're going to kind of take it back and give you Michael and we're going to call him Robert. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> so that's kind and of funny.
0: At, at, that's funny because one of the things that I, I thought I actually could have done a little bit better in the video is we actually show a lot of childhood pictures mm-hmm. kind of on the walls and they're they those are hard to find in Google. Like a lot of those don't don't pop up all the time. So it was neat to kind of see them on on, on the wall, but I, I I wish I would have pointed out had been more clear about who John Wayne was because he was the older brother. He's so the older he, brother. It's obvious mm-hmm. if you're looking at the pictures, but I, I would have liked to have called those out more Yeah, um, because his, his younger brother was always there with him in the pictures.
1: Yeah, his he's four years older and his brother will pass away nine years before him. His brother did serve in the U.S. Navy. Oh. So they have a dog named Duke. Yes. And that is where that nickname comes from for John Wayne. And so that... And we'll, we'll get more into this. Like his, some of his wives would call him Duke because that is the more familiar name. Because John Wayne is a stage name, right? And even his children have the last name Morrison. Yeah, oh. his children don't have the last name Wayne. Now they, if they are in the movies, like Patrick Wayne, that is again their stage name. They
0: adopted that, yes.
1: But th- their legal names are Morrison.
0: Yeah, and I had read about how he kind of got the nickname as as Duke. Because, you know, the you know his dog, right? Mm-hmm. But his dog would follow him everywhere. Yep. And so they always kind of just became synonymous. Oh, so, look, there's the Duke.
1: Yeah, you know, little
0: Duke. Little, yep. little Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought that was neat. I mean, it's very Indiana Jones-esque. Yes. Right? Because Indiana Jones, is, his nickname is like, because the dog's name is Indiana. Is Indiana, mm-hmm. you know? So I thought that that was just cute.
1: So Wayne's father, Clyde, was uh, the son of American Civil War veteran Marion Mitchell Morrison, which is why I like to always say that because my maiden name was Mitchell and then his mother uh, Mary Molly Brown was from Nebraska but there is a lot of Scottish ancestry there and Irish ancestry there and they come from the different isles there where their family has located from but he was raised Presbyterian and what I see a lot of is his father's a pharmacist and they move for his job And so they're in, they don't initially, they're not from Winterset, Iowa. They're there because the pharmacy is there. And that's where the two boys are born. And it's shortly after Robert's born that they will move to California, again, for the pharmacy job.
0: Yeah, so he lived in Winterset for what? Like seven or eight years? Yeah, like
1: seven years. Okay. And then they will move to California and they'll settle in Glendale in 1916.
0: Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's my neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. I grew up in, in that kind of greater Glendale, Mm -hmm. Pasadena type area.
1: And again, his father will work as a pharmacist. And he's going to go to Glendale High School and he's going to do sports and academics. And he doesn't quite have the grades to go to the Naval Academy. He applies. Oh, really? Yes, but he's not accepted because of poor grades. So he goes to USC instead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right, Trojans.
1: It's so funny. So while he's at USC, he's six foot four and a half. And he plays on the football team. But he's injured. And it's that injury. It's a collarbone injury. They
0: say what position he played.
1: Uh, I don't know. But I'm sure someone will know if yeah, you want to say. If you, if you
0: know John Way played in football, reach out to us. But he
1: didn't injure himself playing football he injured himself body surfing oh really but he never wanted to tell his football coach oh that. my gosh
0: that's too funny
1: but he loses his academic scholarship and when he loses his scholarship he has to leave the university and that's when he starts working for the movies and starts doing the prop stuff and the carpentry stuff and moving stuff and catches the eye of john ford so when we talked about his movie career last time this is more about his family so I, I want to stress in 1933, he gets married for the first time at 33 years old.
0: Yeah. And, and before we go on to into the, into I mean, the, into he's 26 the, years old. Yeah, and before we go into the end of the marriage thing too, you know, just so, so people know when you, especially in that era in kind of the greater I'll call it the greater Hollywood, Los Angeles area it's very common for people to look for work. And because Hollywood is such a big industry out there, There's work to be had, Mm -hmm. right? And USC is right there near, not not too far from the the Hollywood area and the studios, you know, Glendale, you know. And so it's not surprising that if he's looking for work, that that kind of, he fell into that.
1: Sure. I mean, even if you go to the LA area today, people always ask, are you in the industry? Yeah, so I actually,
0: I have a family friend, you know, kind of grown up family friends that the Gordons, Mm -hmm. you know, one of their sons helps He works on props, just Mm -hmm. like my grand, my Mm -hmm. great grandfather did. Yes, Um, he he helps build props, and I don't know if he's still doing that, but for for a long time, that's what he did for one of the studios.
1: Well, you live in the area, Hollywood industry, especially at the time in the 1920s, 1930s. It's a big, like you said, industry of California. Before California becomes more tech, what it is today, it is just an agricultural. And Hollywood industry at the time. I mean, Disneyland was the Orange Grove.
0: Yeah, and, and that's why I wanted to kind of call that out because, again, you you would think like, oh, maybe he was pursuing, you know, being an actor mm-hmm. and acting and trying. That was his way in. It probably wasn't. He probably initially was just looking for work. Yeah, because that is that's actually more common than people realize, and and I'm more familiar with that. Again, having grown up in that area and known people mm-hmm. that work. You know, mm-hmm. in different parts of that industry, and actually having you know, you know, again for for those if this is your first time listening to the show, my great grandfather was a prop master. You know, so he built some big sets. and was in charge of building sets for some very very big movies. Rear Window. Rear Window. Ten Commandments. Um, Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. Greatest show on earth. Yeah, so with Charlton Heston. <laughs> so it was it's very common out in that area just to kind of set the stage, give context mm-hmm. know, to, to people who might not be from you know the West
1: Coast. Sure. So his first wife, uh, Josephine, is the daughter of a diplomat. But she is of Spanish descent. So he's, he's a diplomat from Spain. And he meets her and they get married in 1933. They have four children. Oh, wow. And these are the four, Michael Wayne, Mary, Tony Wayne, Patrick Wayne, Melinda Wayne. When you see Quiet Man and you see the four kids sitting in the wagon, yeah. those are his children.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Those are his four kids. Okay. So Patrick Wayne will go on to have a pretty big movie career.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you've seen him in other stuff.
1: Oh, McClintock. He's been in a lot of movies with him. He'll be in, she wore a yellow ribbon. He's in McClintock. He's in big Jake. So he has a pretty big career. So he will have four children from his first marriage. Uh, He subsequently will get divorced and marry uh, Esperanza. She's from Latin America. He probably wasn't likely had an affair with her. He marries her really on the eve of his divorce from his first wife. Oh, wow. Now, they never have children. They're only married for, I think, like four years. Yeah. Uh, it was very steamy, very volatile. No, they're a- actually married for eight years. She accuses him of a lot of affairs. Some are true, some are not. Oh, wow. She's greeted him at the door a couple times with a loaded gun. Wow. So you could just it's, it's, imagine.
0: I mean, it, you know, it sounds like he's got a particular type.
1: Yeah. I think he likes this kind of.
0: This Latin, you know, Spanish.
1: Yeah. You know, the flair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So his third wife, again, married on the eve of divorce, Pilar, will be his last wife. They will never divorce, although they will separate. And he has three children with her. So you hear Aisa Wayne, who's still alive today, John Ethan Wayne who is named after his character from The Searchers. Yeah. And he's also in the movie Big Jake, plays his grandson, though know, he's his son, and then Marissa Wayne. So Aisa Wayne and Marissa Wayne, very similar sounding names, but they're all alive today. Only Patrick Wayne is alive of the first four. And then his three younger ones are still alive today.
0: I don't think that was, that was something I, I've never really thought too much about John Wayne's personal life Mm -hmm. other than I knew he had some kids that did movies with him. Sure. You know, Patrick Wayne being one of the more famous ones. But it's one of those things, it's interesting when you learn a little bit more about these historical figures, you know, whether they're in the actors Mm -hmm. or kind of, you know, ex-presidents or whoever it is, and you learn about, like, first wife. Wait, what do you mean first wife? Second wife. Oh, there was two. No, 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 there was three. Mm -hmm. It, It gives you a little bit more kind of more of the picture about the person yes than necessarily the legend that is whoever you're talking about right and in this case it's John Wayne and and you know not I'm not trying to 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 bring him down at all it's just interesting mm-hmm. you know as you learn more about these people who really most people know and there's they're very kind of have a, an emotional attachment to John Wayne in his movies and because of what he represented and what those movies often and the themes often represented. Um, It's always interesting to learn a little bit more about the person that's behind the curtain.
1: Well, I would say John Wayne is for lack of the better words, a typical movie star of the time. Yeah. Because these men of the time, if you think of Clark Gable, if you're thinking of uh, Jimmy Stewart is an anomaly, he will stay married to his one and only wife for his whole life. But there are some who they do have affairs, they do have different women, and it is kind of more acceptable and almost like, encouraged of leading men, because it makes this, this draw about them.
0: Yeah, and I think of the time too. I, I you know, I don't know if it would be encouraged, but it's not as easily publicized mm-hmm. as, as compared to things like today. Oh, yeah. It you would, know, it's, yeah you know if if somebody suspected something well it's hard to harder to catch someone in the act there's no mm-hmm. not everybody has their cell phone in their pocket with a a camera sure right um and then to actually publish something in you know hollywood industry at the time had a lot of power mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so that's interesting to kind of again kind of get a peek behind that curtain
1: but he's a big family man and they even talk about that in the museum okay so big car yep. to get the seven children in he has a Ship or boat called, I would say, a small ship called the Wild Goose that he uh, ports in Long Beach and he likes to take it out to Catalina. And big family guy likes to have his kids with him. There's lots of pictures of him selling baiting Christmases with all seven children or Easter's with all seven children. He built the uh, John Wayne Tennis Club in Newport Beach in 1973. He just was very big into having these places to be with his family it is now the palisades tennis club okay so he's just he is this guy who really does love his family around him now even though him and pilar are going to separate in 1973 and he lives till 1979 they will never divorce and she is very adamant to let people know they never divorced now he will go on to have a relationship with his personal assistant And she writes a book, I think, called John Wayne and Me. And I actually read that book. And if you and and then they became boyfriend, girlfriend. And she, she took care of him basically towards the end of his life. And if you ever hear what John Wayne's last words were, it's, of course, I know who you are. You're my girl. And he was he said it to her. Oh, so he was like she had come in to check on him in the in the hospital room. And she said, do you know who I am? And he goes, of course I know who you are. You're my girl. Oh, I didn't know so that. So that's, his last words were to her. Were to her. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's actually, it's funny because I actually made a, a YouTube short about that that tends to get a decent amount of traffic. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized that.
1: Yeah, it was his former secretary, Pat Stacy, And uh, she published a book called Duke, A Love Story. And I, I read that book. It's, it's fine, it's good, you know, yeah. but it just gives you the background into the end of his life. Uh, He also, his hair began to thin in the 1940s and he would wear a hairpiece. Mm. So you can see this a lot, like Frank Sinatra wore a hairpiece and different people of the time. Again, I think Gene Kelly wore a hairpiece. And so there would be pictures of him without his hairpiece on. Like I think he went to Gary Cooper's funeral without the hairpiece so you could see his thinning hair. And then when he was at Harvard... Uh, He had gone there. They do the those awards. What are they called? The Lampoon Awards, where they kind of the Razzies, where they give you. And they were making fun of him for some role. And John Wayne took pride in accepting the award. He showed up in a tank, and it was really great. He really like embodied, you know, being a part of this persona. And they asked him about the hair. Is it true your toupee is real hair? And he responded, "Well, sir, that's real hair, not mine." But real hair. <laughs> oh,
0: so, he, so he he, wasn't afraid to joke no, about
1: it. No. He actually, and they say a lot that Duke's personality and sense of humor is very close to what uh, people would see in the big screen yeah. when he was joking is, is really, that's kind of who he was. So yeah, towards the end of his life, he will get cancer. And he's the one who they think coined the term, the big C.
0: Oh, really? So that's
1: what he would call it. The big C.
0: Oh, interesting. He
1: had uh, lung cancer. And then he had one of his lungs removed and two ribs removed right before he shot the Sons of Katie Elder. And we talk about this. He wanted to do his own stunts in the Sons of Katie Elder. And if you watch that movie, he's kind of dragged through like a river and he ends up getting, not only a river, like a stream, and he ends up getting pneumonia. And with the one lung, he was very close to being close to death there. But he was so adamant that he could still do all these stunts that he really put his life in jeopardy during that. Then towards the end of his life, in 1979, the cancer had come back, and he had volunteered to do a study, a volunteer study, and he had checked himself into the hospital there in L.A. for the study, and he ends up passing away there. Oh, wow. And his he actually passed away in June of 1979, actually June 11th, 1979, oh, really? our daughter's birthday. Oh, uh, yeah. And but he will appear at the Oscars that year, so that's his last public appearance. So in earlier in the year, you that's the last time you, you will see John Wayne, and he's a lot different. He's a lot thinner, sure. and for a six foot four and a half man who was always pretty big, and to see him then, it was just a, a, a change of who he was. But he, you know, he ends up, you know, leaving the wild goose docked in Newport Beach it's listed on the U.S. Registry of Historic Places there's a lot of pictures of him with that boat or ship he really did enjoy it there
0: was there was a lot in the uh in the movie museum Mm -hmm. part of things they they show a lot of a lot of pictures of him on 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 the boat and and that's kind of how I always pictured him as well as as someone not only you know the the movie star but when not making out there making movies like you said a family man who's out there doing stuff mm-hmm. right he's out there fishing he's out there you know hunting and and doing all those kinds of things i mean I, that's why i kind of find it amusing that he hurt his knee while he was in college body surfing yes right because here's a here's a guy just like anything at the time like you know in the in that era you're not sitting around watching tv all the time you're you're out there doing stuff and that's kind of that's who he was and and he really did embody that
1: There's been some controversy around John Wayne. The Playboy interview is probably the biggest one where he was interviewed for Playboy 1971 and he was talking in support of Vietnam and he made it very clear that he was in support of Vietnam. He also talked about he believed in white supremacy really and he says i believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to the point of responsibility oh, wow. and so he felt and i i don't know exactly how he felt but what he says here and how i interpret it is that it's a white person's responsibility to educate and bring up the the people who have been oppressed and he Almost feels like he believes until, until people can be to the point of being educated and to hand it over, that the white supremacy is more like white responsibility yeah. is what I read from this, so, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him. No, but not that's a, how I'm reading his words. And,
0: and one of the things, right, as we kind of joked about in the in the beginning, I'm not the history guy, but I, you know I've married into the history world, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I've seen. You know, from some of these historic characters, you know, like John, like the John Waynes, and, and like some others, you know, that, that are much more controversial. A lot of times, the, again, I'll, I'll say the way that I interpret it from what I see and what they say or what they're trying to say is they don't necessarily have the vocabulary that we have developed, you know, however many years later today. I'd say you know, society today is a lot better educated when it comes to talking about race and talking about, you know, past enslavement and kind of you know, those things evolve. I mean, we even joke about who is it that you visited when you were out in Mississippi and Emmett Till.
1: Oh, my Miss Heron.
0: Miss Heron, mm-hmm. right? And so people use the language that they grew up mm-hmm. and were taught with and you you kind of really have to take the time and and see what they said right and again unless they say unless they write down somewhere or they say how they feel mm-hmm. you kind of have to interpret a little bit but again a lot of times they just don't have the language that we would have yes. right take john wayne and transport him 50 years into the future to today yes and me he may have said that in a much more in by today's standards today's lens that we view things through in a much more socially acceptable manner. Sure. Right? Again, we you and I are very much interpreting here. But is, you have to remember that.
1: You have to remember that. And I, so I always look for people said this and what did they do? Right. Right? And so John Wayne on the set of The Searchers, if you think of the American Indian woman on The Searchers who plays the bride of the boy, right? She was John Wayne found her crying on set. And he was like, what are you upset about? And she goes, I'm going to miss my son's graduation from high school. John Wayne shut down the set and flew her back to LA so she could attend his graduation. So he, I, I don't think, and again, I, I think like you said, people don't have the words in the 1970s. Even today, people are still looking for the right way to express themselves with the clear words. because really finding the right word for a feeling is a difficult thing to do. And I think with John Wayne, I think his heart is in the right place for me when I base it on his actions, then what he's trying to say or interpret or, and in, in one interview one time. And this is what Patrick Wayne kind of gets into after this, after this interview resurfaces again and in 2019, people want to change the John Wayne airport And his son defends him saying it would be an injustice to judge someone based on an interview that's being taken out of context. Yeah,
0: and and that's what you and I really try hard Mm -hmm. to do is paint the picture and give you the context, you the listener that's listening to this episode. Mm -hmm. We try to give you the context and we try to frame it in such a way that we're not leaning one way or the other, but we, we, we try to really understand what it was like back then and also identify the lens that we view things through now. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you can identify that, you're you're gonna understand history a lot better. You're gonna understand what these historic figures are saying in public, in mm-hmm. interviews, in what, letters they write much better if you understand one, the glasses that we look at things through, yes, and two, the context of the time.
1: And like I said, I like to tell you what people said. I also like to tell you what people did again you can make up your mind of how you feel about John Wayne and you can tell us in the comments if how you feel about him because i know people have different feelings about him but for the most part what i want you to know and understand is as a historian our job and my job when i talk to people like miss heron who was brought up in the times of Mississippi. I want to understand where they're coming from, start to pose the questions and get in their mind. And when you really start to change hearts, you really have to understand what someone's coming from. And if you really want change, and this, if that's what we want in this world, is to change people and use history as a catalyst. So don't repeat history. Don't do the same things as stories. If we want to use history as a catalyst, then we really have to treat people with respect where they're at, understand where they're coming from and really empathize and then start to pull, ask questions and get that change of heart. If, if that's what we're looking for. So again, as a historian, I, you know, and I love John Wayne. I wanted to talk about his family, his love of his family. And I want to take, paint the picture, three wives, seven kids. And had this Playboy interview acted differently in real life and part of his grave when he finally passes away in uh, July, and June of 1979 he's buried at Pacific View Memorial Park and he has not an ornate tombstone. We've talked about this before. He's buried in the same cemetery as Jimmy Stewart, not far actually away from Jimmy Stewart flat tombstone nothing even that sticks out out of the ground and it says tomorrow comes clean with no mistakes in it and we hope that we have learned something from yesterday to do our best for tomorrow and that is from the same interview so I'm just putting that out there that is what's on this tombstone that's the same interview and here I hear what I hear when I hear this is someone who is admits that they're still learning in life and not always right
0: yeah and that's that's incredibly important And and again we've seen that a couple times we've talked about some controversial things that historical figures will say or do and and later in life they you see their actions change that support what you would assume is is them learning and them accepting and coming around to what we today would would consider more more socially acceptable So we've had the privilege of delving deep into the life and legacy of John Wayne, right from the heart of Winterset, Iowa, where it all began. It's incredible how a small house in a quiet town can be the birthplace of a Hollywood legend. As we've explored the life of John Wayne, we also uncovered the deep connections between his early years and the unforgettable characters he portrayed on the big screen. We hope you've enjoyed this journey through time and cinema as we've enjoyed it bringing it to you. If you found this episode as fascinating as we did, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and share this episode with friends, family, and fellow history and film enthusiasts. And remember, the John Wayne Birthplace Home in Winterset, Iowa, it's not just a house. It's a symbol and testament to the power of dreams, determination, and the enduring appeal of storytelling. Thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast. If you know someone else that might enjoy this, again, please share it with them. We rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Thank you.